It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Break! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. Welcome into the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. It is Tuesday, March 16, 2021, 6.06. We've got another full-hour show for you today, all the way up till 7 o'clock. As, I mean, boys, back in with Brad Walker and Matt Carroll. Got it first try today. There it is. There it is. But, boys, it's been forever, I feel like, since we've had back-to-back full hours. I mean, you know, with just so many sports going on, but the high school basketball's calm down a little bit and of course you know we're down to the ncaa tournament in college hoops so a lot more time for some sports fans but appreciate you guys being here today for a second straight day yeah i absolutely love it so much fun talking about sports normally we i feel like we normally have full fans but with all this basketball and other things going on galore it's been a little lot of half hour shows or no shows at all because of the blue jackets buckeyes basketball bobcats so much happening in such a little amount of time. Hey, I'll take it. I'll, I'll not, take complaining. It. <laughs> not complaining. It'd be nice if we could have a sports fan outside because it's a beautiful wow. day out. Could have done it from the Jambulance. Yeah. We need uh, <laughs> that Hunter a- Mills. I know that's a big project he's working on is to getting that solidified, being able to remotely. So I don't know if that's working or not yet, but I don't know how to work it inside the Jambulance if it was. Yeah, me neither. And We're not going to try to uh, test anything out new, but... Today we got Russ Eisenstein calling in the voice of the Ohio Bobcat as he was, of course, on the call all the way through the MAC tournament with the Ohio men's team who won the whole thing. So we're going to get to talk to him in about seven, eight minutes here. We'll have him on the phone lines. But right now, guys, I mean, just taking a look at the big story right now and, you know, everybody's looking at Adam Scheffner's Twitter these days to see who the next big signing is in the NFL. And guys are just coming off the market left and right. And I tell you what. I can't believe how much the Patriots have been spending this offseason. Uh, yeah. It seems like they're trying to make it so they're figuring out if Cam Newton is going to get more than just another year there. They're trying to make it so that there's no excuses for this offense to struggle as much as it did last year. Yeah, correct. And it was interesting. I didn't know if Cam was going to be was going to come back to the Patriots because it seemed like the relationship was kind of cloudy a little bit. Not that it was bad, but it also didn't seem like it was absolutely great. Um, but once Cam resigned, it kind of showed me that Bill Belichick trusts Cam Newton. Now, whether this is kind of a longer-term thing as in over the next two, three, four years, don't really know. We'll have to see how this season pans out. But Cam Newton's now going to have a lot around him to work with, something he didn't really have last year as much, and the offense clearly played that way. And you look on the defensive side of the ball, too, they had about half of their starters opt out of the season before it even started. So they are fully loaded again on defense and would imagine um, they're going to try to make a run yet again in the AFC East. And if you're the Buffalo Bills, you're definitely a little concerned about all this movement happening over in New England. Yeah, they finally had that uh, that one year where they were able to uh, kind of take a deep breath and kind of realize that this, this is their division for the for the taking. So, But who knows what's going to come up with the the team this year because Bill Belichick is looks like he's back in it to win it this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just it doesn't seem like, you know, in the Brady era there, they ever really went out and bought free agents like this. They're very much building through the draft or they would pick guys up like, uh, you know, Chris Hogan on a bargain and just turn him into, you know, just uh, a perennial all pro player for a couple of years and go and then get another guy like an Amendola or Edelman was good there for a while. But it looks like they're really 
honing in, especially on the tight end position. You could argue they got the top two tight ends out of free agency in Henry as well as uh, Jonu Smith. And, I mean, they spent some money on those guys as well. And it makes sense, too, because Cam Newton, I mean, I th- still think he's, he's a really solid quarterback. He just can't throw the ball down the field or as well as he used to because of all the injuries he's had. So that's really going to fit their style of more run the ball, slow it down, really short passes, something we came to expect even with Tom Brady um, in New England. So that's really going to fit his playing style or how his new playing style, I should say, um, really shields for this offense. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens now that he has an official uh, full offseason with the Patriots and with Bill Belichick on how how he learns to adapt to, you know, the new the new system because it must have been tough last year coming in to a new team just as um, COVID came to came came about. So definitely could not have been easy making that tr- transition. So I think uh, I think he'll be a, a, I think he'll be a better player than he was last year for sure. Yeah, absolutely, and of course, later on in the show, after we have talked to Russ here, we'll break down the Bengals have made a couple moves in free agency themselves that we'll get into and talk about. Not an O-lineman yet, uh, which is probably what most fans are begging for, but we'll talk about that a little later. But, fellas, you know, I was looking at uh, some of the betting lines, and a lot of people are saying that the hot underdog pick right now, Ohio, they opened up as 10-point underdogs to Virginia and it's going all the way down to seven and a half at this point. That's how many people have been hammering the Bobcats. Are you shocked that they opened up as that big of underdogs? Not really. I think 10's a solid line for Ohio, um, especially a team like Virginia that has been proven over the last few years, especially in the ACC. Um, but obviously with everything going on, many people don't think that Virginia is going to be able to beat this Ohio team just because they haven't been able to practice in, what, three weeks basically. So a, it, it'll... I think I'm not surprised at all that it's been just going down, and, and I think it's going to continue to go down even before tip. I don't know as drastically as that, but I think 10 was a really fair fair assumption for Ohio. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, but, yeah, as, as you said, Joey, um, people have been hammering them, and I think rightfully sh- so as they should because um, if I was a betting man, which I am, <laughs> I would uh, I'd put the money on OU to pull off a few upsets and uh, possibly play uh, Gonzaga in the uh, what would it be the Sweet Sixteen? Yeah, that's when up with? Jay Billis would agree with you. He has Ohio in the Sweet Sixteen. Did you guys right. see that logo that uh, was on I, that? Yeah, brand? I did. So I don't know why. Maybe we can bring that up to Russ too. But it, that logo was used two years ago, two or three years ago, when Cincinnati promoted their game against us. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, in Cincinnati, and like everyone in the athletic department's like, where did this come from? And then over the last <laughs> few years, like occasionally, like ESPNs or like national media, it just arises. Which I don't know why. If you Google Ohio University transparent logo, the first one that pops up is like the legit the one. Yep. So yeah. I don't know where this weird spaced out Ohio has developed or who created it. Maybe someone did it just because they wanted make a t-shirt or maybe a, a thing of apparel for Ohio um, and didn't want to have we'll to knock use the off trademark. There, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, we'll knock yeah. off. But still, I mean, come on. Like ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports. <laughs> Definitely not logos, though. But yeah, as you said, Jay Billis has them in the Sweet 16. <laughs> I heard on the selection show, Clark Kellogg was giving the Bobcats some props. So they're, they're getting... Sons was it the three-point king. Yeah. So, I mean, they are... They're giving 
you know, some of the national media has recognized what Ohio has been able to do in that MAC tournament run and towards the end of the season, and they're starting to get some notoriety from that. And, of course, when you have a stud superstar like Jason Preston, that, that helps get the nation's eyes on you as well. That's really what it is. And I think I don't think Ohio would have gained all this notoriety if they didn't do what they did early on in the season against Illinois because not only do you take Illinois down to the wire, but also the Jay Preston story just absolutely blew up. So a lot of people knew about Ohio, maybe had forgotten a little bit throughout the season, um, but especially with this tournament will run, with the way Jay has played um, from that point on, it's been in the back of people's minds, and now that they won a MAC championship, they're playing a team that has a lot of media around them just because of the quarantine and everything like that. Um, a lot of people are high on the Bobcats. Yeah, and uh, definitely happy to see uh, Jason Preston getting the recognition that he deserves um, because you know he's playing he's playing like the uh, the talent that many many thought he was going to going to play as. Yeah, absolutely. And now we want to play here for a second as the clip was so kindly sent to us by the voice of the Bobcats, Russ Eisenstein. Now, the final moments of the Bobcats capturing that Mac title, the first one since 2012 up in Cleveland. Here is the radio call. You can feel it now. You can feel it now. The green and white is going to paint it now. 18 seconds left. 13 seconds left. 10 seconds left. They've come through COVID to conquer the conference. They're the kings of Cleveland again. Paint the MAC tournament green and white for the seventh time. The Cats will dance for the 14th time. Ohio University basketball has won the Mid-American Conference Tournament, and they're going back to the NCAA Tournament. Ohio wins. Ohio wins. Ohio wins. 4-69 over Buffalo. They are the MAC tournament champions. As that was the voice of Russ Eisenstein, the voice of the Ohio Bobcats, and he's also joining us on the phone lines now. Russ, how you doing on this fine Tuesday? Oh, am I pumped up now? <laughs> I, uh, gosh, that was so fun. Uh, it was weird. This whole thing has been weird since Ohio tipped it off against Chicago State. Uh, in Champaign on Thanksgiving week. Didn't know if we'd get here. Didn't know if the Cats would be in this position, but they are. We broadcasted from the convo of a game that was played in Cleveland, and we're going to Indianapolis now, and that's where we're at, and I'm jacked up. I mean, we're, we're really excited. I'm really excited. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like you were quite cozy there in the convo. I saw the tweet of you sitting there with your feet kicked up, just sitting back uh watching the games over over last week. But, I mean, what, what was that experience like for you? Obviously, you had to do a couple remote broadcasts this year. Did it, did it feel any different for those last few games? I mean, how, how was it for you having to do the games remotely? Sports is a forum for lots of other emotions to come out. Um, you could take a look at fans of any team, any school. Uh, the passion that they have is most certainly for those teams and for that school, but... Uh, a lot of times the emotions that people display, and we're getting real deep psychological stuff here, <laughs> is, is, but it, it's an avenue for a lot of those emotions to come out, right? And so, um, you know, somebody might not like their job. Somebody might have this stress or that stress, and it's an outpouring into sports. Uh, that happens a lot. And, and I think that that probably happened for me uh, and Rob uh, at the convo for just lots of things that are going on in our lives. And so... What that game broadcast and what that game allowed us to do was to have a little bit of therapy, an outpouring of emotion, 
um, in addition to broadcasting the game. And, yeah, we, we weren't happy that we weren't there. Um, obviously, you can understand the situation in, in some respects, but we wanted to be there. So I think a lot of that emotion came out in that call and our call all night. And I don't know in my 14-year voice career if I've ever been more exuberant and more energetic for a call than I was on that night. And um, it, it was very little stress, and that's why the feet were kicked up fairly early. <laughs> and do you think that kind of helped with the emotion going into the call, the fact that you're, you're relaxed, you're in the convocation center, not necessarily wearing the suit and tie that we normally see um, in a traditional season, the fact that it is so relaxed just at the beginning of the call, throughout the entire game, and then at the end, you're already in a right mindset. Do you think that helps you really bring a ton of energy um, once Ohio ended up winning? We, we had more freedom of movement than, than we normally would because we were at the uh, uh, broadcast position there, the TV broadcast position, and there was, there was nobody around us. So normally if you're at a game, if you're at a tense moment in a game, um, you have to just sit there and you have to be obviously professional and, and deal with that. Well, we didn't have to just sit there. We didn't have to be professional in our mannerisms and our movements. So, um, yeah, we, we had the space to, to work off a whole lot of stuff. Um, and, and that energy uh, was throughout the broadcast. And, 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 yeah, I was pumping my fist on a lot of calls. I was banging the table on a lot of calls. Um, and, luckily, the Cats gave us that opportunity. And, and, yeah, the feet were kicked up. That was halftime. Uh, and when you're up by 20 at halftime, broadcasting a team that's up by 20 at halftime, yeah, it's all easy breezy at that point. <laughs> got close once, got to 10 because we knew Buffalo would make a run. Uh, but Ohio counterpunched and uh, threw the haymaker very early. And, uh the Bulls were on the mat. The Cats are in the dance. Yeah, and it was certainly a great run over those three days in Cleveland for the team. Is that something you kind of expected going into the tournament, um, being able to get the job done, not only win the MAC title, but in such a dominant form? Were you kind of expecting that, or did that catch you a little bit off guard on how well this team played? Who in the world would have expected that? <laughs> I agree. I, I'm serious. Yeah. I, I, I mean, really, and, and that's not me. That, that's not me not believing that they could do it because clearly they could, but it, it was so out of the norm for a setup of a situation. They were coming off of COVID. There was a chance that they might not have even played in the tournament. Um, yeah, they won two out of three in the week that they came back from the 21-day pause, but this is win or really go home. Um, how would they play? Tournament scenario, uh, not a, a lot or any fans there. This was so off the page. This was so off the script. And the way that they did it, they trailed one time. One time. It was 5-2 against Buffalo. They led from stem to stern in the first two games of that tournament and then trailed 5-2 and then vaulted to an 8-5 lead and never trailed again. So all of it was so unexpected. It was different than 2010 because in 2010, um, there was a little bit of infighting on that ball club. I mean, there, there were some tensions there, but they found it, and they had to win it by going to Ball State to start it. We didn't know it was going to happen. I mean, it was a, Ohio was the nine seed um, and, and won at Ball State after going to overtime, and then that miraculous run in March with DJ as a freshman and Armand as a seasoned veteran and the dunk down and all that and go to Providence. So, this was unexpected for a different reason. 2010 was unexpected just because of the normal season. 2012, that was expected. 
uh, we expected, at least I did, Ohio to win it that year. They did and then went to the Sweet 16. Yeah, I think it, it makes it that much more crazy when you think about the last time these two teams stepped on the court together. I know you said multiple times that this Buffalo team was, you know, one of your favorite teams to watch, if not your favorite team to watch yep. in this conference. And just, Aside from Ohio, yeah. Right, yep. and just to see what they were able to do. I mean, you know, sitting back as a fan, I, I was on the edge of my seat still the whole way because I was like, oh, this is Buffalo. I don't care how much we're up. They're going to go on a run at some point, could easily come back into this thing. But it was just... Every time Buffalo had an answer, Ohio would come back and just continue to push the lead out further and further and got to the point where they could coast like you were referring to early on. Yeah, everything was stressed for Toledo. Everything was stressful for Buffalo. Uh, Kent State was without Pippen and that whole deal. They were stressed coming into things, and then they were just stressed out of the tournament. Everything for Ohio just came seemingly so free, so easy, so fluid, so connected so congealed as a club that no matter what happened, it just felt like Ohio was the better team. Ohio was in control and in command in Cleveland from the jump. And you could tell early, it's easy to see when this team is locked in early because there's generally a three prior to the first media timeout on one of their first couple of of three-point possessions or opportunities. Um, there's generally a dime. There's generally a defensive stop. There is generally some stress on the other side, and, and, and that's played out. You know, when Ohio lost to Buffalo here, you just knew, like, they just don't have it today. Now, I, I mean, I see this team all the time and, and all that, so, so I could pick that out, and I think Rob can too. But up there, you could just tell. They had it, and the other teams didn't, and now they've got it in the NCAA tournament. And speaking of having it in the tournament, there's been a lot of hype now uh, around this. I don't know necessarily hype is the word, but a lot of national attention um, on this first-round matchup with Virginia. How do you feel about this team getting all of that attention? So many people picking Ohio to to possibly win round one and then maybe even make it to the Sweet 16. I know Jay Billis picked Ohio to make it to the Sweet 16. Is that something that's a good thing for this team, or is it maybe a little too much attention on the Cats? Oh, I think it's great. I don't think that stuff matters. I, I don't think that stuff matters if you have a strong mental team. And this team really is mentally strong. I think that stuff matters for a team that's mentally weak. Um, and, and I think that, that teams that, that listen to it in a negative way um, are teams that get beat. I, I, I love it. It's great. Mm-hmm. The fact that everybody's picking Ohio, wonderful. Awesome. Let them pick them. I, I love the matchup from the standpoint of, and even, even if Virginia was coming in, in uh, healthy all the way, and it's, just, it's really unfortunate because Tony Bennett is such a good dude, such a good guy. I saw him play in college. He's just such a really nice guy. <laughs> and there was nobody that could have handled getting beaten by a 16 seed better than him. And there's no one that would have handled the national championship better than him based on the circumstances. But anyway, them coming in with the COVID deal and them traveling on Friday, hopefully they're, they're healthy enough to get there. Gosh, and they play such a, a low-possession game. They play 60-ish possessions a game they want to play. So, figure, coming off the COVID with the legs, you could throw five or six of those right out to begin with. So, so you're talking about a team that's got to be really sharp on about 50 possessions in their ball game. They've got to be aces on those. That's going to be hard coming off of COVID. Next round, if Ohio gets past uh, Virginia, uh, the Gauchos can be. I mean, they, 
They're really good. If you're Absolutely. a nerd like me and seen Big, Big West basketball, they can D you up and they can score. They're good. Creighton, I mean, I, I'm a Missouri Valley guy, and obviously they were in the Valley when I was uh, at Southern Illinois and them going to the Big East. They can really score, and I know they had a, a, a low against Georgetown, but that'd be really fun. But Ohio can compete with them. I, I love this lay of the land based on the situation. And the fact that they're playing in a fairly empty assembly hall, uh, I mean, they're only going to be just friends and family there. You don't have the normal pageantry pump circumstance and the opportunity for um, potential distractions or being overwhelmed by the enormity of the moment. That's not going to happen. It's just going to be Ohio and Virginia, and then hopefully Ohio and the winner of the Gauchos and the Jays. Yeah, I also thought it was interesting what Ohio decided to do going straight to Indy. Uh, rather than, you know, coming back here to Athens. But, you know, kind of Coach Bowles locking in on, all right, this is our well, focus still. That, well, most of the teams did that. Right. A lot, of te- a lot of teams got there because they had to. If you had the availability to be able to, to, to bust there. Um, so, for example, Cleveland State, when they won it earlier in the week, they stayed in Indianapolis ever since they won mm-hmm. um, the Horizon League tournament. And so they stayed there. They didn't want a chance in an in infection or go back to Cleveland. And I'm not saying that that would happen if you go back to Cleveland. They just didn't want to put it to chance. They were already there. So entering the bubble as quickly as teams could, that was the directive. And so you might see teams because of flights. And, and the whole labyrinth of, of getting there is just so crazy. There, there's like one travel company that does this for the NCAA. They've got to work planes and flights. It, it's wild. But Anyway, yeah, it worked out for Ohio. They've been in the bubble. They practiced yesterday. They practiced today, and they're settled in. You mentioned that this team is so is strong-minded, and and definitely the leadership of this team is clearly shown. How good does it? How good do you think it feels for guys like Ben Vanderplas and Jason Preston, guys that are uh, veterans now, juniors, have been within the program, have kind of seen some lows of the program, and now obviously the highs of a MAC championship and heading to the NCAA tournament. But how key is it for this team to have two leaders like that? Well, you got good people within your group, and good people care about other people. And, and that's, that's a metaphor for all sorts of things in life. This, this goes beyond basketball. And so the relationship that Ben Vanderplaz has with Jason Preston, two guys coming from completely different backgrounds, um, meshing and, and finding each other and, and, and caring about each other. And that's why they're embraced, their, their hug in Cleveland that was on the scoreboard there and, and then um, uh, tweeted out a picture of them afterwards. That, that's why that's so cool. And so there are so many of those stories on this team. You know, Dwight Wilson being a leader in his first year and adding that maturity and that presence of mind. I mean, Dwight's a real deep thinker. He's a very smart guy in addition to to having the balance of being a a ballet artist and then the brute strength that he brings. So there, you could go right down the line of quality of character on this team. And that's why this feels so good for them. And that's why I think, you know, it's really a shame that Bobcat fans in this whole year, we, we just couldn't see it all play out in front of us. But it, that's also why you feel really good for them, uh, for the ride that they're on, and they're taking us all with them. Yeah, we kind of talked about this yesterday, Ross. Do you think had we gotten to see this squad play the full season without having to deal with the COVID issues in February, that maybe this MAC tournament, as you said, you knew they had the ability to play that well, but it still shocked you, right? Do you think maybe we wouldn't have been taken aback as much if we had gotten to see this team play this entire season? I, 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 was, I, I was shocked 
by the way they did it. Right. Not, I, I mean, I knew that they could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we're 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 going going through different areas of, of shock potentially yeah. <laughs> to, to add context to it. Yeah. I mean, the situation, the way they did it, the dominance they had. Yeah. I mean, that, that was crazy awesome. Um, the reason why too, you saw this year the teams maybe some lower seeds in these conference tournaments. I tweeted this out when the tournament started. Um, teams that had you know 500 seasons coming into their conferences and maybe some of these lower seeded teams, they don't have to deal. They didn't have to deal with the trials and tribulations of a full season um, that would normally be a, a massive weight on their shoulders coming into a tournament. So they could play loose and free and fun and still have that belief. In Ohio's sense, um, would there have been that buzz leading up? I, I think it. I think that it would have been there because I think they would have figured it out. They they lost to Kent State in the fashion that they did, and that really ticked them off. And so that got them right. I, I think that if there wasn't the pause there prior to the six out of seven run and if there wasn't the other pause there too i I really think that they could have really got it revved up to be you know a a 20 plus win team and you guys were talking about it last night man the roundhouse would have been rocking it would have been really really fun in the normal year but um you know it is what it is and and we're here now and russ uh, this isn't really just a question i guess more so a comp uh, a compliment uh it was really impressive that final call was really good and the fact that you were able to to bring that energy not being in the arena is is so hard but i just wanted to say props to you for making it feel really really real that you were right there in cleveland with the team so just want to give you a quick compliment on that yeah i appreciate that and and i mean this is what i do i'm not good at much I mean, this is what I've I've um, I've wanted to do my whole life. I'm, I'm you know, in my place here, I've got cassette tapes when I did sports reports with my dad when I was four years old. Um, this is what I've been groomed for. This is what I've lived for. This this career, this profession, how I see sports, how I uh, communicate sports to others. This is this is what my dad and I have done talking to each other since I was four and five and six and whatever. And and so you know. This honors him. This honors my mother, who's been at all those games with us, thousands of games. She wasn't a sports fan when she met my dad, but she knows her sports now, and she listens to everything. She listened on her break at work. She got to hear the final call. She still works in a grocery store in Chicago, um, and she got to hear my final call, and she she was so proud of that, and she was so happy for this team. And that's just my example. This means so much to so many people. And that's something that you guys need to remember as you move forward in your careers. It is not just about you. It's, it's about you and your style, without a doubt. It is, it is, you know, you're a part of this, and people love hearing how you are going to call a game or, or paint a moment. That, that's artistic license, so it is about you in some ways, but it's about so many other things. It's about this team. It's about these fans. It's about this region. It's about Bobcat fans all over the world, and that's what fueled that call the other night. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in my first couple of years here, as I've said on the, on the show yesterday, I mean, no one's been there's really the campus hasn't been buzzing about a sport as it has been this men's team throughout this past weekend. And it's just really cool to see, you know, kind of the school returning to, you know, being really excited about what the what the basketball program is doing. Without a doubt. And, and believe me, I get it. I mean, it's recency bias. I mean, we're all 
we're all uh, victims of that. I mean, I'm, I'm glad Drake got into the tournament as an at-large team, but, but it, it's tough when your championship game is the Saturday or Sunday prior to Selection Sunday. And so are you going to be able to get through when recency bias is, is, um, is the thing? And, and for you know, younger Bobcat fans, for students, we all have to remember that this is the most tradition-rich program of the Mid-American Conference. Ohio and Miami are the two top basketball powers in this league from a tradition-based standpoint. So saying, well, you didn't expect it, or gosh, you know, it's good to see the buzz again. More often than not, the, the Cats have been really good. And even in the years after the Sweet 16, I mean, there was a 25-win year in there. There was right. the NIT. There was, this, you know, so, yeah, it, it's been a little down. But talk to other programs and other students about, like, Northern Illinois basketball. I mean, <laughs> you know, they haven't won in years. Yeah. I mean, I, that's a program I care about, but they haven't been in the tournament since 96. So you can always expect it for the Cats. Sometimes it might be a little longer than, than other times, but it's there and it's happening, and we're all excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. We all are very excited. We're very excited to hear you on the call here. Of course, that game is at on Saturday, and it'll tip off at 7.15. And, of course, you can listen to Russ on the call over on Power 105, our sister station. But, Russ, we appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day to come on and talk to us. And uh, hopefully it's a good time out there in India and you're able to bring home a couple wins for us. Yeah, and i got to mention, too, my, my broadcast partner, Rob Cornelius, he's an Ohio alum. He's been on this broadcast team for a lot longer than I've been here, and so it's so cool that he's a part of it. He was with me in 10 and 12 as well. we got a show tomorrow night on Power 105 from 6 until 7. I think we'll probably go up against you guys, but that, that's how it all worked out. So it will be a, a, a Bobcat a, a tournament live from Indianapolis. We'll have a whole bunch of guests on for there. And then airtime on Saturday, 6.30, 7.15 tip. We can't stream it because of uh, Westwood One rights. So uh, the old-fashioned radio is going to be the way the fans can listen. But uh, hopefully everybody enjoys it. And thanks to you guys for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Hope we can talk to you soon. You bet. Call anytime. As that was Russ Eisenstein, the voice of the Ohio Bobcats, as he's getting ready to head on out to Indy here tomorrow, I believe, to uh, I think get ready he, to call actually, the tournament. I, I saw his tweet. I think he's going to head out right after the – or maybe he is heading tomorrow. Ah, whatever, know. right on. Maybe he's leaving right now. Yeah, he could. we got um, the last word in before. But always great talking to Russ. I always love when we able to get guests on here that truly follow a team throughout the season. Because I mean, let's be honest, we we watch. We're not obviously we watch all the games, but we're a little focused in in various areas. Where I mean, I'm, Russ is uh, too as well. But he is with that team game in and game out, so locked in, so many hours of preparation work that he knows that team so well. And that's why also bringing on like writers that follow teams or on the beat or something like that provides so much insight and can really add so much more onto the show other than just what we babble about on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, Russ did bring the juice on that final call. As you said, it was mm -hmm. one of the you know more exciting calls of his career. Uh, just and as you pointed out, Brett, to be able to in an empty gym. You know, that's supposed to hold 14,000 people mm -hmm. to be able to sit there and uh, bring that energy that he did to really capture the moment of the catch. Getting back on top of the Mac, it was really cool. But we do got to get to a break here on the sports fan on the other side. We'll go back into NFL free agency talk as you're listening to the sports fan on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH.
From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's care from the heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice. We celebrate life. Tired of being cooped up in the house? Then grab your mask and hit the streets on Friday, April 2nd to find the special eggs hidden throughout Athens City and surrounding areas for Power 105's Easter Egg Hunt. Clues starting at 6 a.m. that help you figure out each egg's hiding spot. Download the WXTQ Power 105 app and take us with you to find the eggs. Then head over to Texas Roadhouse from 5 to 7 to redeem your prize. Power 105's Easter Egg Hunt, April 2nd, 2021. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Welcome back into the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. As we have about 20 minutes left, taking you all the way up till 7 this evening. And then CBS News will come on and we'll get back to the classic hits right here after that. But just had a great conversation with the voice of the Ohio Bobcats, Russ Eisenstein. We've had him on the past couple weeks, and he's always full of insight, especially about the history of this Ohio team. He's been around for, you know, over a decade now as the voice of the team. So always great to listen in to him as he is able to bring a lot of energy about this Ohio team. And it's good to hear from someone who watches probably a lot closer than we do, boys. Uh, somebody yeah. else has confidence <laughs> that the Bobcats do have a shot to knock off the Cavaliers on Saturday. Yeah, and he, he was right bringing up that program tradition and obviously in kind of the recency bias. I mean, we've only been here a couple of years uh, fully immersed into uh, as Ohio Bobcat fans and Ohio basketball. But, I mean, look at like uh, look look at the banners. You head to the convo. I know he, uh, Russ tweeted a picture of it today, too. There is a ton of MAC championship history um, within OU. So it, it's going to be really fun come Saturday against Virginia. Now uh, two ESPN analysts have picked Ohio to win round one. Uh, Joe Lenardi, I know, has picked the Cats to defeat um, the Cavaliers of Virginia. I know my family that lives in Virginia will be cheering for Ohio as they are diehard Virginia Tech fans, and that's always a fun mm. rivalry between no Virginia Hokies. Tech yeah, and Virginia. So hopefully not only are they cheering, as this will be my alma mater in a couple of months, but also that they are not big fans of Virginia. Um, so a, a lot of attention, but I think he's right in the fact that it, it kind of is a good thing. It's almost a confidence boost especially for Jay Preston and Ben Vanderplas, who have still had great seasons, um, to see all of this excitement around this team. Yeah, I definitely feel good for those guys that you just mentioned in uh, Jason Preston, Ben Vanderplas, um, and even uh, Wilson in his senior year, finally uh, able to crack open to the tournament um, and get the recognition that, uh, that they deserve. Yeah, absolutely. 
uh, it's going to be fun. Not till got to wait till Saturday. I know. I feel like we've been talking yeah, about this right? game for ten years. Well, that's now. what's. So I'm not complaining. What stinks about this point is like you go from the conference tournament week where there's basketball on all day, every day for like a week straight. It's awesome. And then you have like a three or four day off period before you got to wait. And then it's back to that for a whole weekend, and it's awesome yep. again. But Well, and normally without COVID, games start what, Wednesday normally? I believe they, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, th- so. Yep. They usually go, the play-in games are Wednesday, then they go Thursday, Friday, yep. Saturday, Sunday. I believe this year they're Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, we have to we have to wait an extra day yeah. to all of it to start, which, yeah, it was crazy. It was like Saturday night until the Bobcats play, which... I am super excited about. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, there's a chance that the women's team will play that day as well. Um, if in the they, NIT? In the NIT, yes. If they win Friday, they will play 6 o'clock, I think. Um, if they lose, they'll play at 11 a.m. in the conference. Speaking of which, may I make a comment real quick? Just yeah. before we get back to free sure. agency NFL. Why are we playing a CBI this year in the men's? Yes, like, I wondered the same uh, uh, thing. Like, are you serious? In a pen? Like... First of all, we've had teams all year complaining about, well, maybe we should be playing this year. Um, mostly point at Duke and Coach K because they were they were really good at complaining about that this year. Which I get it, pandemic. If you don't yeah, want to play, fun. you want to play. But it's how just, many teams are in the CBI? I don't know how. Like I don't watch it. I, I don't. Know, I couldn't tell you. I think I, there's only sixteen. So I it's think. it's just seems not a lot. A little silly this year. It doesn't. This it doesn't year make of all sense. years it does not make it's, sense. I mean, we always say it's silly to play, and regardless, I know you want to keep playing as long as possible. But like and this I know year of all are, years, it's like. Things are trending a little downward right now as far as COVID cases and go and everything. But, I mean, let's say it's it's a small tournament. I mean, say, like, one or two teams end up testing positive, and next thing you know, like, quarter of the bracket's out because of COVID. So I, I'm, I'm with you, Joe. I don't quite understand it. I understand teams want to play a little bit more it's considering it's a shortened season, but it just doesn't make – just get going for next year. Yeah, like the NIT <laughs> – it's like the yeah. JV to the tour. So if you still want to play that, okay. It's still a big, they have 32 teams in it, and, like, there's a trophy at the end and all that. People will actually tune in to watch the NIT, I feel like, if your team's in it. But the CBI is just like, I, I, I don't think we really need to have this this year, guys. But I'm one not the one in charge. One of my favorite moments, um, to kind of wrap up a little bit here, one of my favorite moments of, I think it was the NIT, a few years back, a while back, um, was... <laughs> was uh, when Robert Morris defeated Kentucky at home. Like, it was, it was in Robert Morris, yep. and they defeated Kentucky on, like, a buzzer beater. Everybody stormed the court. It was awesome. Yeah. Because I am not that big of a Coach K fan, but... You're talking about uh, Cal Perry, you mean? Cal Perry, yeah, Coach. Sorry. Duke. They're both blue. So you were close there. Oh, and Russ just texted me. There's a quarterfinal, semi, and final, so... Gotcha. That's what, eight teams? Yeah. So, and said that Colby Ross is a point guard boss from Pepperdine. Oh, so, good guard play. Nice. Oh, wait. Well, tune in then. At least, okay, eight teams. That's not, I thought it was like a 16 or like a bigger one. So, eight teams, I guess that's kind of fun. Kind of. Mm. I don't know. It just seems, it seems interesting (laughs) to me to be playing uh, uh, that that many postseason tournaments in, in this kind of year. But I digress. Moving on. Bengals make a bit of a splash in free agency yesterday as they go on to sign edge rusher, not an alignment. I know that's what everybody thinks they need to address, but let's not forget the defense is pretty terrible last year, too. But they go out and get an edge rusher, Trey Hendrickson, uh, signed a $32 million guaranteed four-year $60 million deal. Hendrickson tallied 13 and a half sacks for the Saints in 2020, uh, and it's in addition to Cincinnati, who had uh, 
a league-worst 17 sacks last season. So, Cincinnati trying to address some issues on the defense here. I know the whole big focus all offseason, I feel like we got to get Joe and O-line. we got to get Joe and O-line. But there's some other pieces on this team to patch up as well, and I think this move goes a good way to start to shore up that defense that is, quite frankly, the past two years especially, been quite a dumpster fire at times. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but me being a Pittsburgh guy, uh, the Bengals did go. pick up one of our own in Mike Hilton. They did, and I just want to say, very sad to see him go. But the Bengals—they got themselves a player on defense, an absolute stud. He is, if not the best, at least one of the best slot cornerbacks in the league. Very, uh, very good signing for the Bengals there. Um, if they're able to use him, use him the correct way and not if they don't outsmart themselves, I should say, trying to use him, they uh, they have themselves a stud on defense. Yeah. And that seems they also signed uh, the cornerback to Dobie Awuzie for a for a three year deal. And that seems like William Jackson is probably walking out the door, the former first round pick for Cincinnati. It seems like they're probably going to go with Trey Waynes and a woozy, probably Mike Hilton in the slot. Right. That's where he was mostly playing in Pittsburgh. So. Correct. Yeah, I mean, it seems like early and often here, Cincinnati is focusing on trying to shore up the defense a little bit, who at times, they had some moments uh, last year. They played pretty well in that Pittsburgh game on Monday night towards the end of the season. But it's just been bottom feeding. You heard only 17 sacks last year. That's just not going to get the job done. And, you know, their secondary was a main issue last year as well. So they go out, get two corners, get a pass rusher. They're starting to try to build this thing back up because we've said this on the show many times during football season. Um, they have the weapons on offense. I mean, Mixon was a little banged up last year, but you're hoping he gets back underway. And Bernard and P. Ryan did a good job kind of, you know, uh, being able to do the running back type of by committee type of situation there towards the end of the year. T. Higgins popped off his, his uh, rookie year. Uh, you know, Tyler Boyd's had a strong few years now. You still hope Auden Tate can be good for you. So they have the weapons offensively, I believe. Uh, it's just shoring up that O-line and trying to piece together a defense that uh, – you know, can be a bit more formidable than we saw last year because we saw at times, you know, even with the lack of the O-line, the offense looked pretty darn good in, in some of those games. Yeah, and they're putting a lot of a lot of their faith now in the tackle from Oregon, Panay Sal. Um, especially, it, it looks like it's leaning that way that they're not going to spend money um, for that left tackle, which is such a coveted spot. It always has to be a lockdown spot if you truly want your quarterback to succeed. And that's a lot of expectations. And it's really interesting because you would think a, a tackle or offensive lineman would go in the top two picks. But, I mean, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is, is so good, so that's understandable why he would um, not be picked number one. But you would think if he was such this incredible offense alignment that the Jets would even consider drafting him too and it does not appear that way at all um that the Jets are I think going to go for a quarterback no one knows what the Jets are doing yeah it, it, they could go for the lineman and if that's the case then yeah. the Bengals are going to be hurting at that three I mean, spot I, yeah with the Jets I don't know if they're keeping Darnold if they're drafting a the quarterback if they're going to do both I, I don't know really what the plan is uh over there and I know I don't try to figure it out with uh with the Jets no, personally I hope they draft the quarterback so that way the Bengals have a good yeah, lineman. They have, they um, have the ability honestly, to I'm, a, I'm a Cleveland guy, Browns fan through and through, but you got to love Joe Burrow, and you don't want to see him get absolutely throttled yeah. every game that he did last year, and he still put up a bunch of numbers. He was getting, God, decapitated at times <laughs> yeah. last year. I mean, it was it was hard to watch. And you just the sad part about it was you just knew it was coming. You're like, if he keeps getting yeah. beat up like this, something like – 
he's going to get injured. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I didn't, I didn't think it'd be an Achilles injury. I mean, that was kind of an unfortunate situation. One goes high, one goes low. It happens in football sometimes, unfortunately. But yeah, they got to work on that. I was, my, uh, what I just keep thinking about is like, what do they do something like draft Devontae Smith with that third pick instead of, <laughs> instead of a lineman? <laughs> I, I mean, they could. They could get a really high-caliber wide receiver, especially if they don't think this lineman is going to pan out for them um, and then draft one later on in the draft because, obviously, as everyone knows in sports, the there is still great players outside of the top ten of a draft, and maybe that's something that they look and hope for. But if Sal's there at left tackle, I think if you want to keep your fan base happy and your quarterback happy, yeah. you have to go for him. And then maybe try to... Uh see if uh, Jamar Chase is still available and get that connection back with uh, the LSU products, which would be pretty pretty cool to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I don't want to fire up the Pittsburgh fan over there, but it, here we go. I mean, if you get a healthy Burrow back, I mean, you could have a situation where perhaps uh, Ben Roethlisberger could find himself being the, the fourth best quarterback in the division. I'm just, I, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, the situation. Yeah, today today was not not the best day. You would like to see your team making uh, moves in free agency as we lost. Um, we lost some key players. We lost Tyson Alualu on the uh, defensive line. We lost Bud Dupree, and we lost Mike Hilton. So you know the defense probably going to lose Juju. It's probably right. going to lose Juju. I keep hearing it's a Super Bowl defense regardless. So. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, it's fine. Hey, well, well, how many points they give up in that playoff game? <laughs> yeah. 47? Yeah. Well, there 48? was, what, two two turnovers by the Browns. Okay, so we'll call it 34. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll like to see these conversations start back up in the fall. It's going to be an interesting interesting football season and offseason. I think uh, it's a really solid argument, though, to say that Big Ben could be the fourth-best quarterback right now. Yeah, definitely. I, mean, I don't know about right now because Burroughs, you're, you're hoping. And I, well, I think I, I'm saying that Burroughs, yeah, healthy yeah. And, and good to go. What would be the top four? Would, are we still Lamar number one? Um, I, 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 I am okay open for discussion, but I still so think Lamar he's won, done the most out of the four. Baker and Burrow. Healthy well, Burrow, I can't that is. on the most over, but like right now, well, I mean, MVP. Ben looked like he was throwing a medicine ball. And then after that, yeah. Year, so. so Baker, number two, obviously threw one interception in the last like seven games, led us to a playoff win. God, I know some people are fired first up ever about this playoff thing. game. You know, he's undefeated, or he's only one loss in the playoffs, unlike Lamar. <laughs> That's such the Jordan Lebron debate too. Jordan six and zero. Even though he lost way more times than LeBron has before the finals, yeah. Baker's number two, I think, and then you got it, and then it's either Ben or Burrow right now. We'll see if Joe balls out again or not. Yeah, or if be. Ben plays well, because right, I mean he could come year. back, and you know we'll see. Maybe they they got to find a running game. Uh, they can't yeah. let him drop back and throw the ball 50 times again this year. I yeah, and I f- I feel like that all starts with our offensive line since we did get so pass happy. Um, it it kind of it kind of let the offensive line um, kind of become soft. If you want, if I mean, as many many experts said throughout the season, our offensive line has gotten soft and old. Call as, them out. Yeah, and which is let them know ne- how it is needed to be. Our 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 star center quarterback, our quarterback of the offensive line, I should say, Marquise Pouncey. He retires. Villanueva. Um, still, who knows if he's coming back? Don't think he should. Um, and Matt Filer's all gone from our our starting offensive line, so that definitely does so not. So the Steelers help. tanking this year? 
Thank no, you for they, got a, they got a Super Bowl defense, dude. I, That's I don't think as long hey as as long you're going in <laughs> as long uh, as long as the team is still the players we still have there there will never be a tank and a rebuild. Tomlin doesn't go under 500. He has yet Not to. He has yet to. Uh, so fantastic. yeah, I'm almost because uh, there's what 17 games this season. This upcoming season? Yeah, I believe so. This yes. the season with the 17 games. Yes. Yeah, so two bye weeks, right? <coughs> yeah, so, so this yeah. two bye oh, weeks. Wow. Yeah, so I, I don't think I don't think it I don't see a tank, but I do not see a Super Bowl winning team getting put out on the field. But hey, who knows? Who knows what happens with the players when they all come come out on the field? Yep, should be a tough division once again. Uh, that's enough. Steward. As the AFC North is always. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a two-team race for a while, but it was. you know the Browns are starting to peck their way up in there. But it's enough Steelers talk for the day. We got to get to another break here Steelers on the sports fan. <laughs> on the other side, we'll wrap up the show. This is Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Stay on top of the news every hour at the top of the hour with CBS News Radio on Classic Hits 97 and 97.1 FM, WATH. This time of the year, the weather changes quickly. And when you want to know about the school closings, you'll get them on Classic Hits 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. Listen every morning from 6 till 8.30 for the complete list that affects you. The school closings on WATH is brought to you by Ohio Health Oblenis Hospital. Believe in we. The school closings when you want them on your center for winter weather information. Classic Hits 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Rural King has always been committed to the lowest prices guaranteed and to what we believe are pillars in our communities, Christian churches and organizations. From now through March 27th, Rural King is excited to host Church Week. During Church Week, for each valid Rule King receipt submitted to us, Rule King will donate 10% to the registered Christian organization of your choice. Together, let's strengthen our neighborhoods. Visit RuleKing.com slash churchweek for details. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. inside the studios here at WATH to wrap up the show. Final couple minutes here as, you know, the segment with Russ went a little long, so, you know, we had to take a late first commercial break. But it's okay. That's more than okay, especially to hear all the insight that he had 
Let's talk about this Bobcats team. And, I mean, I think he did a really good job painting the picture of, uh, you know, what that MAC tournament meant. And just, he got me amped for the game on Saturday. I know that. I am, I am fired up. I'm max betting the Bobcats, putting my <laughs> tuition on it. Money lines. I am, I'm all in. Wow. I think okay. we can be, I think we're beating this team. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I really I do. I mean, I'm pretty high that we're going to win too. I, do. I don't know if I mean, I'm going to drop a 20K you know, on it though. You know, I don't, you know, I don't want to. You know, it's, unfortunate that. That <laughs> it's unfortunate that they're coming Joey off says COVID. That. It would have been nice to beat them with no excuses. With Mercedes, that brand new Mercedes sitting what? in the parking lot. Oh. <laughs> we wish someday. Hey, maybe we'll get there. Yeah, well. But anyway, boys, well, I mean, what, what is your feelings going into the game? We got the last couple minutes here. I know it's not till Saturday, but I mean, how do you not talk about it? It's you, well, I mean, I think back the, the Bobcats have been talked about a ton today, as just because Lenardi's come out and said Ohio's going to win. Billis has said Ohio's going to win. Lenardi's saying it scares me a little bit. I I usually fade Joe Lenardi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I. Uh, I'm I'm just confident, which is it, it's really hard to say. I mean, we're 13th seed playing the defending national champs. I mean, I know it was of two years ago, but this is a team that truly they get into rhythm, they can slow you down and control the game. That is so hard for teams. Sometimes the best teams can't even do that. But for Virginia, they can get you into their hole, their trap, and and make it minimal possessions. And if you're not on your game for those minimal possessions, that's where they capitalize on you. But same goes to them, too. If they're going to slow it down and make it very minimal possession game, they also have to be on their game, and they have to execute. And it looks like right now it's going to be hard for them to do that considering they haven't normally practiced in, like, three weeks. You have to go through your run-throughs over Zoom, your walk-throughs over Zoom, all of that, and it's still really tough. I mean, the Cleveland Browns had to do that against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that didn't affect them at all, but that's a different story. Matt, I'll... Quick, your final thought. You get the last <laughs> word in today. Hey, well, <clears throat> the uh, the upset of the 13th seed does not happen that much. Last time it happened was in 2016 and happened six times in the last decade. But I think this is the year that the 13th seed prevails and sends us over to the round of 32. Oh, H. H. All right, I got to cut you guys off as we are going into CBS. We appreciate you listening to the program. Appreciate Russ Einstein joining us early on in the program. We'll see you right back here tomorrow at 6.06. This has been the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contract. Thanks for listening.